I'm Mayra Edwards. I'm 26 years old. I'm from Albertville, Alabama, and I am an actress, a designer, and a stay-at-home mom. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm 28. I'm from Los Angeles, and I'm a business consultant for artists. Alex and I have been together for five years now. Mayra and I dated for one year before we got married, and we've been married for four happy years. If I had to describe our love story, I'd say it's uncomplicated. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. So before I met Mayra, my dating life was pretty crazy. I had been in a five-year-long relationship that had ended six months prior to me meeting Mayra. And I knew once that relationship had ended, you know, I wanted my next relationship to be the one. So my dating life before meeting Alex could be described as like a serial monogamist. Like I would pop into a relationship, be in it for a year, be like, whoa, whoa, this isn't what I want, and then pop out. I was definitely looking for the husband. I did not ever understand the idea of just like dating for fun. Like I have so many goals in life, I didn't want finding a husband to take my whole life. So Mayor and I met being in different relationships. A band that we were close friends with was having their first album release party. We ended up going with mutual friends. Funny enough, we decided to carpool and I got a flat tire and uh, we ended up spending a couple hours together along the side of the road trying to figure it out. I'd been waiting to go to this like album release party for like quite a few days. And so I was really excited. And so I was like kind of bummed that we had this flat tire. Funny enough, ended up being only two blocks away from the venue, but we didn't know that when we got the flat tire, so we totally could have just like walked to the show. It was just like a weird situation because there was this like, oh, we have a flat tire. And then I was like trying to cheer everyone up and it wasn't really working so well. I remember like you were trying to dance or do something to create some positivity. Yeah. But like me and my girlfriend at the time were like so deep in the mud about this situation (laughs) and like we needed a key to like remove the tire but we didn't know where the key was and this was like a brand new car and we like walked to the auto zone across the street they're like no it should have come with your car so it literally became way more involved than a simple flat tire (laughs) It was a couple of years later and I had gotten out of this really bad relationship, maybe six months before that, funny enough, very similar timing with Alex. And I kind of decided that I was like so tired of dating the like hot musician with like a drug problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like really a better way to describe that, but just like the hot jerk. And I think that like, I just realized like, this is not what I want. And funny enough, I was talking to like the chaplain at our church and I was like, this is getting ridiculous. Like I have terrible luck in love. Like maybe I'm meant to be alone. (laughs) Like do good guys actually exist? 
And he told me to like write out exactly what I wanted in a husband because what he pointed out to me is that I hadn't decided what I wanted. So these guys would come around and I'd be like, oh yeah, that could be it. And so it was several years later, I was on Instagram. This is funny enough, a week after I wrote this list and my list was six pages long front and back. Like I was very specific. And I saw a picture of Alex performing and I was like, oh, that's so cool. He's performing. Mm-hmm. And because I, oh, no, 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 sir. Listen, sure. go ahead. <laughs> I literally just thought that it was cool. And so I liked every photo that he had of him performing, which was a lot of them validly, but I wasn't flirting. I genuinely was just like, this is so cool. What was your Instagram handle back then? Was it Oh Yes? I think it was like Oh Yes Mayra Did or something. So it said Oh Yes Mayra Did liked your photo 32 times. I know the exact number because I retaliated with liking the exact same number of photos back. I thought it would be weird to DM you on Instagram, so I decided to message you on Facebook. So that was random. But I was like, wow. Just so you know, sliding into DMs is the same across any platform. <laughs> okay, but I didn't feel that way. So I was like, all right, maybe I'm like opening the door to the cafe that you're in through Facebook. I said, wow, I'm so flattered. And you're like, you liked how I just like threw a whole bunch of positivity into your day. And I was like, yeah. And then I had liked all your photos. And then like we basically bantered back and forth, right? True story. The banter was good. The banter was good. But what you actually like got me with was that you saw that I had been painting and then you asked me to go to the LA art show and I was like, oh, he listens. All right, let's talk about our first date, if we can call it that. I have this cafe in Hollywood that I have been going to since I first came to LA when I was like 14. And it's like my go-to for everything. And I only take people there that I wouldn't mind seeing there. It's like a rule. And so it's called the Bourgeois Pig. It's on Franklin and Bronson. And it's just this really old cafe that like has like a tree house in it and like a whole room where it's dark and there's like the moon and there's all these trees. And anyway, I invited him to go to this cafe and it was pretty late. It was like 10 p.m. and I was like about to go home, but I was thinking like, I'm gonna get a tea anyway. And he had already invited me to the Ellie Art Show that weekend. But I was like, let me just have tea with this guy and like see what's going on. And I didn't know if it was a date. I didn't know if it was just like hanging out. I really had no idea. So we went and sat in this treehouse and we talked until they closed and had cleaned up and literally kicked us out. I don't think that I have ever experienced just actually talking to someone and like feeling like I knew them forever. So our first kiss, we're telling you guys about our relationship and how uncomplicated and like easy everything came together and how like we sort of like immediately knew, but our first kiss was actually awful. We were standing in the parking lot of Coral Cafe, which is one of our haunts in Burbank, and we were just talking and then all of a sudden we started like high-fiving. You know that like thing like six-year-olds do when they're talking and they're like hitting hands with each other? So we started doing that and then he just like pulled me in and we kissed, but like his mouth was open and my mouth was shut. And then like our teeth kind of hit and like our mouths didn't really like line up. It just wasn't good. And I was like, okay, 
I'm getting in my car. <laughs> and that was it. We didn't even like try again. We were just like, all right. <laughs> and that was the end of that date. Yeah. It was not an actual kiss, like by from like the romance side of it. It was it was not fireworks. It was oh, fell into your face. So <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Are you alright? Okay, good. Uh yeah, you should probably go home. Yeah, me too. Uh phone call? Okay, cool. It was rough. So I feel the most important date that we had in the beginning was the LA art show. That was on Saturday, and we had our first non-date on Thursday night. And we saw each other on Friday, and on Saturday, she surprised me by letting me know that she was going to bring her twin sisters. But anyways, we took her car and drove to the LA Art Show. It was a ton of fun. She really enjoyed it. We held hands. We had a kiss as well. So it was just feeling really good. And when she dropped me off, it just kind of just came out. I just blurted out, well, I love you. Bye. And I kind of embarrassed myself and ran away back into the place I was staying at. And, um, you know, I didn't say anything else. I literally just ran away. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause right there. I need the people listening to this to understand what happened. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. Bye. And you go, okay, I love you. Bye. And you turn around and you didn't just walk away. And like running is like an understatement. You like bolted into your house. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, <laughs> well, I was really afraid of this thing because like walking, like that's too cool. You know, that's can't just like do the whole explosion in the background, walk away sort of thing. I didn't know why that happened, but it was completely true. <laughs> and something within me was like, well, just tell her, Mr. No Games. And I was like, well, I love you. Bye. And then I had to run away. It literally scared me so much in that moment. And then I like turned around to my sister because like one was in the passenger seat, one was in the back seat, And I was like, did he just? And they were like, uh-huh. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what do I do? And one of my sisters was like, you call him and ask him if that means that you're boyfriend and girlfriend, because I would like to know. And I was like, okay. So I called him and I was like, hey, Alex. And he was like, hey, how's it going? Are you driving safe? I know it's raining. Like he tried to make all the small talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good. You know, I'm driving slowly. We're fine. Um, hey, by the way, does this mean that we're together? And he was like, oh, yeah, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. You didn't know. And I was like, oh, OK. And then he was like, yeah, is that OK? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. So I think there have been like a couple of hurdles that stick out to me in our relationship. The first being just that I was raised by a single father. And so I never really saw like what a successful marriage looked like. And then Alex was raised by two parents that are still together. And, you know, they met and they had Alex and they just like kind of knew. And I just didn't really understand that. Like my dad was with my mom because she got pregnant. And then, you know, my dad married my stepmom because she got pregnant. I didn't understand what like being in love, like what does that relationship look like? 
not an obsession, but actually like the admiration and like the wanting to like have a partner to reach a goal. So that was kind of the first one. And then I think we both just kind of knew that this was right for us. And we got married, you know, quicker than people would have expected. But then in that first year, we were like, let's have a baby. And the first time we got pregnant, we ended up having a miscarriage at eight weeks. And I was like waiting to tell him until Christmas day. So like I was the only person that knew. And then two days before Christmas, I had a miscarriage and neither one of us had ever really seen each other that upset. And he also didn't know until he like found me on the bed, like bleeding and crying. It was trauma that I don't think we were ready for. I I didn't think that could happen to us. We're so young. And, you know, it almost ended our marriage because we didn't know how to talk about it. Both of us were like trying to like be strong for each other. And then, you know, we like had a very serious conversation about getting a divorce because we didn't know where to go from there. And like, I'm so thankful that we actually ended up talking about it (laughs) and getting past it because it was definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. I didn't know also obviously not growing up with parents who like worked through problems together. I just didn't know how to get over that. I feel like we got stronger as a result of persisting through that. And I also am so happy that we did because when I look at our relationship, it's something I'm actually proud of, right? Like it's actually an accomplishment, not just something for us, but something to like try and show others that it can be created. Okay, the proposal, how did it happen? So what I had conceived as the best proposal would be to take it back to where it began with our unofficial date. So I had gotten in touch with one of Mira's best friends, Geneva, and I was like, hey, I need you to lure Mira to the bourgeois pig so I can propose to her. And she's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yes, absolutely, I'm gonna help you. And it was an interesting day that I chose because Mayra needed help shopping for an outfit anyways, and Geneva was helping her. So it was the perfect setup. But Geneva needed to convince Mayra that she wanted to get something from the bourgeois pig to drink. And Mayra was so, she told me she like didn't understand why Geneva wanted to go there because she had never known Geneva to go there. Like it made no sense and it was just going to add a bunch of time, but Mayra just went along with it. She also kept trying to do my makeup and I was like, why are you trying to do my makeup? We have to go. (laughs) (laughs) I drove down to Hollywood and I had to make sure I parked out of sight because I couldn't tell where they might be. I didn't like know if they were actually in the bourgeois pig yet or not. So I kind of had to be secret agent about it and wait to receive a text back from Geneva. And uh, she was like, all right, hurry, come on, come on. So I'm like starting to go in. She's like, wait, no, don't come in. She went into the bathroom. And I was like, ah. And so (laughs) I'm like just patiently waiting. And the idea was for Geneva to like bring Mira back to that booth if it was available. 
And like Mayra said, it's like the most coveted spot in the bourgeois pig because it's like this booth wrapped in branches. It's really cool. I didn't have confirmation from Geneva. She got her there. She was like, you have to go in right now. You have to go in. I was like, what's happening? So then I go in and I don't see them in the main part of the area. So I'm like, okay, they're in the room where the treehouse chair is. And I walk in there, I see her, I get down onto one knee and I'm like about to deliver the proposal that I had rehearsed literally for the last four hours straight in my head. And I say, Tamara Jesse Patterson, will you? And the rest of the proposal was completely blocked out by Mayra screaming her head off <laughs> in surprise. Well, what's funny is that we share like the find your friend thing. And Alex was supposed to be a band rehearsal. He was supposed to meet me by six and it's like 6.10. So then I check while I'm in the bathroom, where is Alex? Like, how close is he? How long is Geneva going to be here? And how late is she going to make me to meet Alex, right? And I looked and I was like, oh, he's like just around the corner. That's so weird. And Geneva was like, oh, that is weird. And that's literally what I was saying to her as he came around the corner to the booth and got done on one knee. (laughs) So it was all super funny because I was like, why is he here? That's so weird. Then he comes down and like says my full like legal name. (laughs) So it just like was really funny because it was like something that I had been waiting for for so long that all of a sudden I really didn't expect it. And I'm a hard person to surprise. So we actually had the wedding at my dad's house. And for some reason, like right before the wedding, his parents decided that they would walk him down the aisle, which I don't know why I wasn't privy to this information. But my dad starts to walk me down the aisle and Alex isn't there. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, oh, God, he's not there. And what was funny is that my dad turned around and was like, he's not there. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was freaking out. And um, I have three younger sisters. And so, you know, I was like fighting with them about dresses and it was all much more like stressful and dramatic than it should have been. But I feel like it was a really good wedding. Like if we were going to do it again, I feel like I would have done it like way chiller because I like planned it myself and it kind of like, "Ah!" (laughs) Yeah, we like planned it in three months. Yeah, that was a little silly, but we just really wanted to be married. It was funny because my dad was like, are you pregnant? What's going on? Does he need to stay in the country? Like, what's the deal? Why do you have to get (laughs) pregnant now? Why can't you wait until summer? Does the LA native need to stay in the country? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he was really confused. And I was like, no, dad, I just want to be married to him. And he was like, I don't get it. (laughs) So growing up, even young, I like wanted to have a girlfriend, not for like any weird reason other than I just felt this yearning to have a connection with someone that would end up being my partner. So I guess you can say I've kind of been like a romantic, but also like felt apathetic at my chances of actually having someone to marry. And all that was sort of flashing through my head at the altar. And I started like trembling as she started to like walk towards the altar because I think what it was was just like this relief and like sheer happiness kind of like washing over me that 
not only am I, yes, getting married after all, but it is to the person that I felt was my life partner. You've never told me that before. Yeah. I just thought I looked so beautiful. <laughs> well, you did see me sobbing. <laughs> what I love about Mayra the most is her determination to make her dreams come true and the lack of consideration that something is impossible. This might be cheating, but I feel like because she does that for herself, she also does that for others around her. She always has your back. She'll be your number one cheerleader. <laughs> People around her just tend to do better. And I can honestly say that I've improved both spiritually, professionally, you know, as a person just because of her positivity and just like extreme care for those around her. What I love about Alex the most is there is this definition of greatness that I just love, which is to love like in spite of all. And I feel like Alex is just like the perfect example of that because someone can be just being a total jerk and I'll be like, no, la, 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 la. And he'll be like, yeah, but like they're probably going through a hard time. Or he'll be like, oh, okay, well, they did have that one part, right? Like he always sees the best in everyone. <laughs> like without trying, it's not like he has to be like, okay, see the good, see the good. You know, some people have to like stop themselves. That's just not Alex. He just like automatically never sees the bad. He's ridiculously intelligent, like baby genius. Like he graduated high school when he was 16. He won't brag on himself on that, but he's pretty impressive. <laughs> and then I feel like the main part that I love is just like his willingness to experience anything and like go on any adventure because honestly, I can be like a little crazy. Like I once talked to him on the phone for three hours in a parking lot convincing him to quit his job. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can just like sometimes get an idea that like sticks around for days and I just like have to create on that. And he is literally the perfect partner because he's like, okay, good. Well, this is how we're going to do it. And he like systematically figures it out. And there's like no margin for failure. Like it's just not there. It's like we're doing it. And I feel like together I'm just crazy enough and you're just like smart enough <laughs> to like actually get something done. Mayor and I, at this point in our lives, we've decided that kind of like the next chapter is we want to move from Los Angeles, actually. Mayra is from Alabama, and I have never lived anywhere else. I'm 28, I'm from LA, I've literally lived here. Every time we've tried to move, somehow we always ended up back in LA. So we've made the decision that we are gonna move to Nashville or at least Tennessee, somewhere in that kind of like central part. And that is like really exciting to me. So when I look at our future, I think I'm most excited about us growing together. I feel like sometimes people as they get older, especially if they got married really young, we'll be like, wow, we grew up and we're just totally different people. And I feel like over the last five years, we've gotten even closer. 
and I'm even more impressed by him every day. And I hope that I'm like creating a similar effect. And I think that we'll probably have a few more kids and we'll live in Nashville and we'll both reach our goals, you know, spiritually and mentally and like our goals as artists, like Alex wants to expand his company. I want to be a series regular on a TV show. Like we both want to teach our daughters the value of hard work. And I think every day we're learning a little bit more about that and how we can just continue to get closer to our goals. And I, I think I'm just excited for us to experience it together. I think when I was younger, I thought that like just reaching the goals was what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to find the guy, I wanted to get married, I wanted to have kids, I wanted to live in a house. I want to, you know, like you have all these goals and what I'm realizing, it really is the journey. And I think it's, it's just fun and exciting that I get to experience it with you. listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. For more episodes of our love story, follow us on Spotify and check out other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify. Our love story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Mike Ramos. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo, John Cohen, Tristan McNeil, and associate produced by Alex Trigvadotter.